Welcome to the Mo Sports Podcast, number 74, for the 16th of December, 2021. Fluke, with your host, Dr. David Overby. Welcome to the Mo Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Dave Overby, and this is the Mo Sports Podcast recorded on December the 15th, 2021. Sadly, this is five days after what will go down as a tragic and a historic day, not just in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, but in the entire United States, when a catastrophically damaging tornado uh, hit the uh, town of Mayfield and then also did extensive damage to Dawson Springs, as well as Bowling Green. Uh, Mayfield, Kentucky is in Graves County in far southwestern uh, Kentucky, just uh, north of the Tennessee line, and uh, not all that far from where the uh, Ohio River and uh, Mississippi River are uh, uh coming down. There's just a buffer of, let's see, what are the counties that are to the uh, west of Graves County there? You've got Carlisle, Hickman, and, and Fulton County, three pretty um, uh, small counties, and then there's uh, Ballard County to the north of Carlisle County, and that borders uh, McCracken County, which is where Paducah is. That's uh, WPSD Channel 6 were the ones giving the report about this tornado. And around 7 o'clock in the evening, a tornado that had originated uh, near Jonesboro, Arkansas, had been uh, tracked on radar, and updates were showing that the tornado was strengthening it had been observed on the ground, and then there were reports of uh, damage and then fatalities. <clears throat> this is when the situation became uh, particularly serious. And uh, as the updates from the radar continued to come in, uh, the reaction of the meteorologists was uh, unprecedented. They were just saying, wow, because they knew from the numbers how destructive the, uh, the tornado was and that it was making basically a diagonal line from the southwest to the east northeast, and it was just a matter of where exactly it was going to hit. And uh, severe weather had been predicted, uh, especially in the uh, preceding 48 hours on Wednesday and Thursday. The uh, local meteorologists were increasingly. Um, Concerned uh, in West Kentucky, also in uh, southern Illinois, uh, there was another destructive tornado that hit Edwardsville, Illinois, east of St. Louis, destroying uh, part of an Amazon warehouse, and there were fatalities uh, there. There was also fatalities in uh, Mayfield in a uh, candle making uh, factory. I think Mayfield Consumer Products is the name of that business. And uh, both of those, um, the fatalities at both of those locations are uh, being 
investigated to see if uh, proper procedures were uh, being followed. But certainly there was plenty of time concerning the tornado that hit Mayfield and hit the um, the candle-making factory, where I believe at this point the uh, number of dead is eight. And there are still some people unaccounted for. Um, but there was plenty of, of time between when uh, everyone knew that this tornado uh, was a catastrophic tornado, a highly destructive and dangerous, life-threatening tornado, and that it was headed directly toward uh, West Kentucky and could very well hit uh, Mayfield. So there was plenty of time to know both that it was coming and that it was incredibly powerful and dangerous and lethal. It had already caused uh, fatalities in um, northeastern Arkansas at a nursing home facility. So a lot of tragedy there, and on top of that, there's still a pandemic, and the pandemic is beginning to wreak havoc again in the sports world with the professional leagues now having uh, players and even some teams going into COVID protocols. This is uh, really getting old. It's just uh, a uh, staggering onslaught of... uh, Negativity in terms of this uh, pandemic and this uh, this virus. We have now the Omicron variant that has taken um, some uh, DNA from the uh, common cold in order to become even more infectious. And we're, uh, we still have to wait and see what the severity of illness is that is caused by Omicron. Uh, Certainly with Delta, it's been ravaging uh, America in particular, in spite of having the vaccine and the tools with which to stop it. Uh, Over 800,000 dead uh, in the United States. At this point, more people dying this year um, with having the vaccine and having had it really for most of the year, certainly the last nine months basically been available to you. And they're saying with the Omicron that a uh, mutation-specific vaccine is not necessary, that you just need to be vaccinated and boosted. And at this point, I think being fully vaccinated and boosted is now the new fully vaccinated. Basically, everybody needs to be uh, boosted. Uh, I think that without the booster, there's a significant reduction in protection Uh, particularly with uh, Omicron. Well, anyway, uh, let's think about uh, some Kentucky basketball action. And John Calipari saying that Kentucky's two of 19 three-point shooting uh, in a 66-62 loss to the Irish was a fluke. No, Coach Calipari, it's a fluke when you're a good three-point shooting team and you have a bad shooting game. When you're a bad three-point shooting team like Kentucky has been for what uh, seems like many years now, uh, it's the same old thing. And it's what we uh, worry that we have to expect and that we know we're going to see. And sure enough, it happens. So... 
we're going to go straight to where Kentucky basketball is now and uh, give some uh, predictions. We think that one thing that needs to happen is in the half-court set, um, uh, Severe Wheeler has to be significantly reduced in the role that he plays. Uh, He can't be starting anymore. Washington's got to take control of the point. Because look at this situation, right? In the two games, the two real games that Kentucky has played this year, which we know, of course, are Duke and now this last game uh, against Notre Dame. Ty Ty Washington is a combined 0 of 3 from three-point range. So, first of all, that's nowhere near enough three-point attempts from uh, this is supposed to be your best player, uh, certainly in terms of NBA stock, predicted to be a first-round pick, although probably not now (laughs) because I'm not the only one that is going to break the numbers down like this. Uh, Who cares about the the, uh, Calipari cakewalk? Uh, the, of the better part of uh, November and the first week of December. Let's look at these two games, Duke versus Notre Dame. Ty Ty Washington against Notre Dame, 0 for 1 on three-pointers. So that's just, does that doesn't make any sense. He's supposed to be a good three-point shooter. He's a good player. He should be taking more than just one three-point attempt. Like, it's someone like Wheeler or Keon Brooks, Junior, who should uh, at the most be taking the one three-pointer. But Washington should be shooting more. But one thing that stands out right away is this combination of Wheeler at the point and Washington playing off the ball isn't working in terms of really getting the most out of Washington. And Washington for sure is the better player, so the solution is make Washington the point guard. And we've got to up the production on the three-point shooting. There's no getting around it. And the way Calipari avoids this discussion is you're 2 of 19 on three-pointers. You only score 62 points. It's exactly the way that you were losing last year when you went 9 and 16. Isn't it time to start talking about offense? No. What does Calipari say about why we lost the game? Because of defensive breakdowns. And it's an avoidance of this issue of the the other half of the game is you've you've got to you've got to score, and again I have to go back to the point like we're Kentucky. It shouldn't be any problem having people who can shoot the ball, score, be able to, you know, play basketball, have some skill out there where uh, this outside shooting isn't just this um, arduous thing that the uh, players uh, fail time and again to be able to, to do and and the fans just have to get there and, and get sick watching uh, Clang Doing, Brick and nope and oh look there's five minutes to go in the first half we still haven't hit a three pointer um, and just this offense that is um, uh, is at the end of the road I mean for what it ever could do whatever Calipari thinks it could do uh, he's got to chuck it. It's got to go. Get Washington at the point and get uh, Mintz as as the other wing, right? Another person who can uh, who can hit the threes 
and then uh, have Grady um, on the other wing because the thing with Grady is Grady is at 40% on three-pointers, which is really good, but he's only making two per game. So if he's uh, if he's that good, if he's 40%, he should be able to get you more than just two a game. Like it'd be nice to see Grady regularly getting you four or five, or at least three, right? And and combined, Ty Ty Washington and uh, Kellen Grady should be giving Kentucky definitely more than just 3.2 threes between the two of them. Uh, and Davion Mintz right now is not shooting it well. At He's at 30.4% uh, from three-point range, only 1.2%. But it has to have something to do with the way these players are coached and the way that the offense works that is contributing to this, this uh, perpetuity of poor three-point shooting. That, that has to have uh, something to do with it. So the way to get Grady more three-point attempts so he can make more of them is to have another player out there that is also a three-point threat and to be more aggressive in looking to take the three-pointers because that mentality, I think, helps shooters. And over the course of the game, at some point, they hit at least a little bit of a hot streak and that can really get the team going and help build a lead uh, so that you're not stuck in this uh, close, tight game, which often was the case with Kentucky last year. Um, so you're not getting blown out, but that's really not the way to win. I mean, the more games that are always coming down uh, to the wire, you know you're going to lose some of these games. So if you want to be a dominant team, uh, certainly if you're thinking about going to the Final Four, uh, you've got to learn how. You stay out of those situations by... You either blow people out or you at least uh, definitely um, control uh, uh, the game. Don't want it to be uh, so close there uh, right up until uh, the end. But the way Kentucky has it now with their starting lineup, and this shouldn't come to anyone's surprise that uh, follows Kentucky basketball and is willing to scrutinize how John Calipari coaches, is the starting lineup has been um, this – and it kind of it hasn't changed at all from the exhibition games up to now, and I think it speaks to the inflexibility of Calipari, how he thinks and coaches. But it's been Wheeler, Washington, Grady, Mintz, and and Brooks. All right, so we've got Wheeler and Brooks are both below twenty five percent from three point range. Wheeler, your point guard, has the ball in his hands all the time, is at point two 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 from three-point range. That's 22%. You know, that's horrible, and it's exactly what we said was going to happen because we did this um, in simple thing of just looking at the statistics from uh, Wheeler coming from Georgia, and he was at 22% last year, so he can't shoot. <laughs> and uh, Mintz is right now, uh, he's off for whatever reason. He was better than this uh, last year. Maybe he'll shake it off and, and get going. Uh, maybe he's bored because right now Kentucky basketball, among other things, is pretty boring. Schedule, unbelievably boring. The way Kentucky plays is boring. And just nothing exciting happening uh, on the court. Um, and then, oh, so, Brooks is at uh, 23%. So you've got two people, Wheeler and Brooks, 
that are under 25% from three-point range. And you have Mintz, who is barely over 30% at 30.4%. Um, Mintz, of course, is not the, the starter. The, the starter, of course, is, uh, is uh, Shibway, who is holding his own and doing a good job on, on the in- interior. But, of course, Shibway is not a, uh, a three-point threat. He's, he's not a three-point op- option. So we're talking about the other four players in the starting lineup. Um, you have Grady and Washington that are uh, percentage-wise are, are doing well. Washington at 37.9%. Grady is at, at 40%, but the problem is not enough production. Right, Calipari overemphasizes percentage and underemphasizes production when it comes to three-pointer. You kind of have to just forget about efficiency and focus on the makes. Kentucky isn't making enough. I mean, two three-pointers against Ohio State in Vegas – it just it's hard to see winning the game. I mean, double it and wow, four. We made four. Still doesn't seem like it's going to be enough because uh, Ohio State, uh, as we'll see here in a moment, uh, is a pretty good three-point shooting team. Uh, so just not enough uh, three-point shooting in the lineup, and so the onus is always on this these uh, one or or this year it's just the the two players to hit the three pointers. And uh, Washington is, for whatever his overall numbers are showing, is getting bottled up against good competition. So that's a problem. And then Grady has the good percentage at 40%, but he's not making enough. So something has to be done to get more perimeter scoring in there. And what we're saying is put Mintz in that lineup or, da-da, what about Dante Allen? And think about this, people. When was the last time that you heard of this happening? That the player that leads the team in scoring in the previous game doesn't play a single second in the next game. Now, granted, it's the last game of one season and the first game of the next. But, yes, this happened. And it just, it's unbelievable. Dante Allen led Kentucky in scoring in the Mississippi State game that Kentucky lost in the quarterfinals of the SEC tournament that ended their season. Dante Allen was the leading scorer. Kentucky was getting blown out, finally, with about 13 minutes to go in the first half. When no one else could score, Dante Allen gets in there. He's the one player who has shown that he can get hot from three-point range, and he's done it multiple times. So you know you can do it if you'll play around him and encourage him and let him really be an integral part of the team. Dante Allen shouldn't feel like he's got anything to, to prove. He played very well for Kentucky last year and uh, was one of the maybe really the only bright spot in uh, a season that honestly <laughs> didn't have any bright spots. Um, but uh, And then you've got to just wonder with Calipari, what is he doing when the obvious problem is uh, your three-point shooting and you're not you're not scoring enough the you're not making enough threes and the three-point percentage is bad and the first thing that he wants to do is he wants to have the ball in the in the hands of a guy who's a 22% three-point shooter and he's also 5 foot 9 <laughs> so how exactly is this guy a major threat and he isn't now it's still early and um 
Kentucky had been playing these easy games at home. They had to go to South Bend. It wasn't a surprise that it was going to be a competitive uh, game. Not necessarily so bad that Kentucky lost, but again, the way they lost, they looked exactly like they did last year. And the offense is is uh, poor, and it just doesn't work anymore. It needs to be chucked and go with a different lineup, move Washington to the point. Now you're going to have the 38% three-point shooter at the point. He can be more aggressive because he's got the ball in his hands more. And then you want to be encouraging um, Mintz and Grady to be getting more attempts up. Shwebway is an excellent offensive rebounder. That's the perfect combination to work with with multiple three-point shooters on the floor because uh, the shooting can be streaky, so when they're not hot, Shwebway can feast on the offensive rebounds. That's what he does best uh, anyway. I mean, he's a good player, but he's not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay, so let's we don't need to have this deal where the offense, like, is all about him and running through him. Uh, The numbers for Kentucky are pathetic. What a surprise. Let's go in with this one. How about this? 303rd in the nation in three-pointers per game, making 5.83s a game. So the production is really bad in addition to the percentage. The percentage comes in at 288th in the country. Yes, that's what you get from your $9 million a year basketball coach. Isn't that awesome? And then uh, the sort of the feeble 19.1 attempts. And again, this the whole idea of the low-volume three-point shooting. If you were shooting a good percentage, you could buy into the argument. But when the percentage is so bad and the offense is always so bad, there's just no reason for sticking with it. None. Um, sit uh, Wheeler, get him out of there, and, and get Brooks out of there too. And I don't know, maybe you're just playing four on five like Gene Hagman and Hoosiers. That would be better than the way Kentucky's looked. They would probably somehow start scoring better, at least for for a while. Um, but yeah, I think Brooks would be better off, uh, coming off the bench and backing up Shebway and for you as your backup center, because here's the thing. If you're, tw- if you're a 23% three point shooter, you're not the player who should be providing perimeter offense. And Calipari loves that long two. He had Kevin Knox do in 2018, uh, I even think that ridiculously he wanted Tyler Hero to do that. Of course, Hero and the pros where the line is further back uh, definitely can really shoot the ball. Uh, unfortunately, had a bad game against Auburn, but I'm going to put that on Calipari because of the way he coaches these players. And how many Kentucky players do we have to see getting into the pros where they can play in a more open, free-flowing offensive system? And wow, look at this. You know, they can really shoot and put up a lot of points and just think if we could have seen that at, at, at Kentucky, uh, mix in with some uh, timely defense there, and you're winning national championships instead of um, losing uh, to Wisconsin and these other people in uh, the Final Four and, and in regional finals. Uh, so Brooks doesn't need to be providing the perimeter um uh, pr- providing, contributing to uh, perimeter offense. Bring him off the bench 
and uh, make your starting lineup uh, be uh, something along the lines of uh, Kellen Grady, Davion Mintz, uh, Ty Ty Washington, of course, um, running the point. And then you're going to have uh, Shibwe as as the center. And if you're going to need another uh, uh, big person in there, then uh, I say uh, go with uh, uh, Damian Collins. Or, to be honest, the lineup that I think would be quite compelling, especially since uh, he does have pretty good size and has shown that uh, uh, he can get hot out there, is just go with the four-guard lineup of uh, Dante Allen, Mintz, Ty Ty uh, uh, Washington, and uh, Kellen Grady, and then have uh, Sheebway, your big man, around that, and then space the floor with uh, those uh, four other uh, players. But you've got to definitely upgrade the offense. Uh, what do we think is going to happen in the upcoming games? Well, we don't think that John Calipari is going to do any of the things that we were just talking about. It will be the same lineup of uh, Wheeler and Washington, uh, Grady and uh, Keon Brooks and uh, Shwebway. And uh, Calipari is really going to engage that um, physical battle with the uh, tough uh, physical Ohio State team and a, and a skilled team um, as well. So it's E.J. Lydell, uh, the uh, forward for uh, the Buckeyes, uh, coming in at 26, uh, I'm sorry, 20.6 points per game, 7.2 rebounds and three blocks per game. Those are some impressive numbers for sure. And is at a smooth 353 percent from three-point range. Um, so this is a guy that can uh, do it all on the offensive end, and Kentucky's really going to have to uh, engage him. So Brooks, I'm sure, will be in the starting lineup specifically to uh, battle Lydell, and that'll be a matchup to look up to, uh, to look for in terms of how that's going to uh, work out. But here's the thing uh, to note. With Ohio State is that one Ohio State beat Duke seventy-one to sixty-six, and Duke beat Kentucky. So, with the one common opponent, um, one might think that Ohio State has the advantage. However, on the neutral floor, currently ESPN has Kentucky as the as the favorite, with a sixty-one point six percent chance to win the game, which is interesting. Um, It'd be interesting to know more about uh, exactly why they think this is going to happen. Uh, I, maybe it's on along the lines of Kentucky simply cannot continue to be this bad. Uh, they will start playing uh, uh, better. Uh, but Ohio State shoots it well from three-point range. They're 30th in the nation at 38.6% as a team from three-point range. They make 8.6%. Um, Per game. So let's look at this real fast. Kentucky makes 5.8 and Ohio State makes uh, 8.6. So that's nearly three more three pointers per game. And you're giving up, you're looking at giving up nine um, um, points, losing the battle of the three point line by nine points. So you're really going to have to dominate in the paint and at the free throw line and on the boards to make up the difference and then plus some in order to win the game. 
Um, sometimes John Calipari's teams do play good three-point defense. So you look at the percentage, 38.6, and you say, well, they are not going to shoot like that against Kentucky. They won't make uh, 8.6 threes. Of course, we understand nobody makes six-tenths of a three-pointer in a game. But they'll, they'll make fewer than eight threes in, in the game. But still, if you look at the gap in the production and also look at the thing about the percentage, Ohio State 30th in the nation on threes right versus 288th. It's hard not to think Ohio State's going to get the better of the three-point line. So very difficult for most sports to see how Kentucky is going to win this game other than they'll just uh, quit please being so bad on the offensive end. Um, So we'll get back to nailing down a a prediction on this one in just a second. But let's skip forward to next week, December the 22nd. uh, On Wednesday, they will be playing Louisville 7-3, 1-0 in uh, the ACC. And the three losses, though, get this. um, Think about this. In the uh, three losses that they have to DePaul, Michigan State, and Furman, uh, Louisville shot 23% from three-point range in those losses. So it's not just Kentucky, it's everybody. If you are a poor three-point shooting team, you lose. And uh, Louisville seems to be, um, at best, erratic. But here's the good news for Kentucky, that... Louisville is even worse from uh, three-point range than Kentucky, at least in terms of percentage. Louisville is 295th in the nation. Kentucky is better than that. Kentucky is 288th. Wow. Way way to go, Kentucky. Uh, Louisville is at uh, .297 from three-point range, which is horrible. That's pathetic. (laughs) And... So we say that it's not going to happen for, for Louisville. They do not get their first win in Rupp Arena since January of 2008. Uh, that would have been Billy Gillespie's uh, first season. I think the final score of that game was 79-65. to 65. Kentucky was hanging them with them uh, pretty tough. In fact, I think uh, Billy Gillespie put the press on Louisville toward the end of the first half, and Kentucky was ahead by one, 31-30 at halftime. But then Louisville took control in the in the second half and, and, and won. Um, yeah, we're pretty much sure of, of that. So, But it's just not going to happen uh, for Louisville because – if the three-point defense isn't really there for Ohio State, it will certainly be there for the Louisville game. Uh, Calipari has owned Louisville's, beaten them twice in the Final Four. Uh, not in the Final Four. Uh, twice in the NCAA tournament. Once in the Final Four, the national semifinal game in 2012. And then two years later in the Sweet 16, only time Rick Pitino was lost in the Sweet 16, Kentucky beat them again. Calipari knows how to beat Louisville. Louisville beat Kentucky last year. Uh, If nothing else, Kentucky will be good enough to beat Louisville in that game. Um, Wow, it's it's a tough call with Ohio State, um, but uh, we don't see Kentucky winning that game. But we're going to say that the the season averts crisis and total disaster because Kentucky uh, Kentucky beats Louisville 
They'll go one and two in these challenging games leading up into SEC play. And um, everyone will be feeling good about themselves heading into the new year uh, because Kentucky will have beaten Louisville. And that will have been better than going two and one in these games but losing uh, to Louisville. But it's not going to happen. That's some poor three-point shooting uh, for for Louisville. And um, they're particularly susceptible to incredibly bad games. Wow. Not recently they lost to DePaul. And actually, get this, DePaul is eight and one. Very interesting. DePaul's been getting a little bit better and a little bit better for years now. Uh, that's a record that uh, will get your attention. We don't know about the uh, uh, competition, uh, but hey, uh, they uh, they beat uh, Louisville sixty-two to fifty-five, and in that game, Louisville shot twenty-one percent from three-point range. And some similar numbers here: seven for thirty-three, seven for twenty-seven, and seven for twenty-nine. Those are all horrible. <laughs> God. Seven for 33, though. That's miserable. And uh, also have to wonder about, uh, like, we're not a fan at all of the idea of low-volume three-point shooting, but one can still be uh, flexible and reflective on the volume, on the number that you're shooting. And if if you're 21%, maybe that's not the night to jack up 33 of them. Right, you're just throwing possessions away because they're not going down. Um, but you don't just from the get go say we're not going to attempt that many three pointers. But we're going to think that it's going to be just sort of a, a, a John Calipari basketball fantasy where um, it'll be a low scoring game. Kentucky will really win it with defense, and uh, especially in the second half, Kentucky's going to clamp down on them and kind of make them. Uh, look bad, and Kentucky won't look great, but they'll they'll finally uh, have some good basketball. Uh, some other things to talk about uh, here, just uh, briefly. Other hot teams in college uh, basketball. Uh, well, the the teams we want to really keep an eye on, surprise teams, and they are really hot. Iowa State and Arizona both are undefeated. Uh, Arizona and Illinois the other night, one of the best games of the season for college uh, uh, basketball in a season that has actually been quite good. A number of, of excellent games, a lot of exciting teams. Memphis stabilizes its season. This isn't necessarily totally turning it around, but it, it definitely uh, gets it steered back in the right direction. And uh, it looks like maybe Memphis has made something they played very well with great energy. Uh, just flying all over the, the court, really all over the court, attacking the rim. They seem to play better when they chuck the Amani Bates, which is really Anthony Hardaway 2.0, the coach projecting himself on this other player. Uh, uh, Bates is out of control when he drives from the wing. He doesn't know what he's going to do. And uh, the team is better uh, when they have a Lomax, uh, who's solid that position, seems to uh, have a knack for it intuitively. Team seems to be a little more uh, sur- uh, more fluid uh, that way, and it, it brings out that skill. But they they've got some definitely some good players and some overall serious uh, team quickness. And um, we are going to have to verify this, but we'll go ahead and throw it out there. We're pretty sure that Memphis is first in the country in block shots. Uh, we'll check that when we're when we're done. But get this: who's a team that we've got to think about as uh, right now 
in terms of the competition that you've played, biggest win for any uh, team in Kentucky, that would be Murray State. And they beat uh, Memphis in Memphis on Friday, which was actually tragically the night of that uh, uh destructive tornado that tore through uh, West Kentucky. But Murray State uh, beat Memphis 74-72. Uh, to 72. What are we looking at it for the uh, college football playoff? Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Cincinnati. First of all, we have to say we totally nailed the uh, SEC championship game. We said that uh, quarterback play would be the difference, that Georgia would have, at least, would have at least one critical turnover and that really until Georgia can prove on the field that they can beat Alabama, you have to always pick Alabama to beat Georgia. That's exactly what happened. We think it's just going to be a repeat of that. Uh, in the, the, the playoff, um, the, uh, the good times uh, stopped rolling for uh, Jim Harbaugh after the uh, Ohio State uh, finally beating Ohio State. Uh, Georgia's going to uh, bounce back and shut down the Wolverines, and then it'll be a rematch. Uh, Alabama taking care of Cincinnati, and then Alabama will be Georgia again, and that's uh, that's what uh, is going to happen. Uh, but again, a uh, week of uh, great sadness uh, in in the Commonwealth, and uh, we are uh, so sad for everyone in these communities that have uh, uh, been hurt so uh, badly uh, by this uh, tornado. Please look for us. Uh, on our uh, page at www.facebook.com slash mopod.mosports where we have uh, regular commentary about issues in sports. Uh, And especially right now, we've uh, got a lot of write-ups about the games, the exciting um, Kentucky uh, action. And uh, again, um, predicting a loss... In Vegas coming up Saturday, but uh, we're going to against Ohio State, but then uh, bouncing back for the big win over Louisville and probably a low scoring game where the uh, John Calipari uh, defense really makes Louisville look bad and they have a a particularly bad uh, three point shooting game, the the Cardinals do. So until uh, next time, you've been listening to the Most Sports Podcast. Find Dr. Overby's extended game analysis and philosophical ponderings on Facebook at facebook.com slash mopod.mosports. On Twitter, we're at mosportso. And there's a poorly upkept webpage of episodes at psychicreform.com slash mosports. But we don't recommend relying on it. The webmaster is lazy. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or the RSS feed available at all the places. Join us next week for another installation of the Most Sports Podcast, your source for intelligent analysis of sports. Sporty Sports Sports.